Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. This is John Metter of Cross City Church, and welcome to God Not Done With You podcast where we're talking about the various experiences that some of these Old Testament characters have had and the great comeback that God brought about in their lives. And we're talking about the uh, life of Elijah right now. And the life of Elijah is an amazing story to me. It's a great narrative because here's a man that was uh, an incredible, uh, gifted, godly prophet that God used in such a huge way. Uh, And immediately after his big victory on Mount Carmel, he fell into the valley of despair. His life was threatened by Jezebel the queen, and he he just was certain that he was going to die a gruesome death at the hands of Jezebel. And uh, so that led to his fleeing from uh, the place where he was to try to run away from uh, Jezebel. And he left his servant and went another day's journey into the desert. He was tired. He was worn out. He was thirsty. uh, He was afraid. And in all that, he made the statement, it it is enough, Lord, take my life. So whenever you think about somebody saying something like that, you know they're in the very depths of despair and uh, at the very least, great discouragement and possibly even depression. I'm not talking about uh, clinical depression today. Um, I am talking about the low valleys of life where we can be so overwhelmed that we literally want to give up on life itself. And we have some personal stories in our family about that. My wife has given me permission to share freely about some of those personal stories of depression and discouragement. Uh, But Kim and I were a young married couple, and uh, I can remember coming home from work at times. Uh, She was a housewife at home raising uh, two children with one on the way, and I can remember her being uh, just so overwhelmed with de- depression and discouragement that she would sit on the stairs and weep and really not know why she was uh, so uh, hurt and so in pain. Um, we would talk about this. We would uh, interact together about it. There would be days and weeks that things were going great and days and weeks when they weren't. And I was a young pastor. I didn't really have the training that I have now and certainly didn't have it then. Didn't have any friends that had gone through this. Didn't have any counselors I knew. Uh, We were just in a tough spot, and we did not know what to do. And so our experience in that valley of depression was a really dark, dark season of our life, if you will. Um, In retrospect, as Kim looks back in life, she saw that she was alone a lot. Uh, Of course, she had the kids there, but no adult conversation at the time, uh, except just a few hours a day at the most with me. Uh, She also was just very tired and overwhelmed with so many things. There was a general feeling of worthlessness during that period of time for her, which was um, absolutely not reality, but it's how she felt. This is an amazing, godly, spiritual woman, but she was going through that very, very dark period in her life. And so... The, the way that we saw God intervene and the way we saw God uh, step into our experience was that we literally had no other place to go, so we went to God. Now, the story of Elijah was one that we were somewhat familiar with, but it was 
when we went to God in, in such a dedicated, focused way over a very brief period of time that we learned that God could literally lift that depression off of her and literally help her have hope uh, for life and literally be able to take the next steps towards the light uh, that Christ gives us. And we saw him intervene uh, in various ways and times. Uh, we saw him, uh, first of all, draw us to prayer, uh, then draw us to each other. I became, all, all of a sudden, as, as the spouse of my wife, I learned to become sensitive to what she was going through and realized that there was, uh, there was no one cause of it. Uh, we couldn't put our finger on any one thing. Uh, but we also learned that there was a spiritual warfare part of that. It wasn't a lack of faith on my wife's part, but it was a very definite focus on her by whom we know to be the enemy. Um, the enemy of our soul is always out to try to keep us from believing Christ and keep us from walking the, the walk of faith. And so we learned to pray in a spiritual warfare manner. And by that, uh, we simply learned to ask God to intervene into those very moments of darkness. Uh, we ask God to let us address, through the name of Jesus, all of the powers behind some of the thoughts of depression and suicide that were going on in her mind. And we learned to just stand up for ourselves when it came to our thought life. You know, your thoughts affect the way you feel and they affect the way you act. There's just no bypassing your thought life. And so Kim and I both had to learn to take thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And today that's one of the greatest verses in our lives you found in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, and also verse 5, uh, just a, a clear strategy plan, a battle plan for how to think during times of darkness and difficulty. And if someone were to ask me, how did God give you wisdom in those months? I would say he gave us wisdom through his word. Uh, I would say he gave us wisdom through the messages that certain Bible teachers taught who had been through those dark periods of life. Ron Dunn was one of those Bible teachers who had a big tape ministry. Back in the day, we called it the cassette tape ministry uh, because that was the medium through which these messages were communicated. And, and he would preach about uh, going through dark times. We, we said about Ron Dunn that he preached with a limp. He had gone through a lot of pain in life physically and spiritually. He had lost a child to suicide, uh, which brought him great grief, of course. Uh, he had learned to walk with God through those dark periods of life, and he shared that kind of wisdom with us. And so God gave us wisdom through the Word. He gave us wisdom through our conversation and trying to find out how do we battle through this. He also gave us wisdom through the stories of others that came out on the other side, victorious over those dark periods of life. I would also say that with Kim and I's experience, um, those moments of darkness shaped our present life in the sense of knowing what to watch for. Even today, 30-some years later after those seasons of depression that happened so early in our marriage, Kim and I have conversations on a regular basis about our thought lives, uh, have conversations about how are you feeling, how you, how's your thought life, and how is your emotional life right now? Are you feeling encouraged? Uh, do you have everything you need to feel healthy? Um, recently, we had a phenomenal conversation about keeping the balance in thought life, not moving to one extreme or the other too radically, but staying within a reasonable, healthy swing uh, of a pendulum, if you will, 
Uh, and there's a big range of emotions. It's all acceptable. It's all healthy. But when you move outside of those range of emotions, uh, either fueled by lies that you believe or people that seem to trigger you or circumstances that are hard on you, then you have to bring yourself back to that place of balance. Kim and I have those kinds of conversations together. And of course, prayer. Prayer is such a big thing. We've learned to pray in a way that we did not know how to pray before. I think it was John Piper that said, until you know that life is war, you do not know what prayer is for. Now, I think he said that in reference to the gospel going to the nations, but it really does apply to your personal life as well. Life is war, and, uh, and prayer helps us battle through those times. Kim has uh, numerous times given counsel to people that have walked through depressing areas of their life, and, and the counsel she gives them is very encouraging. It's, it's, it's very encouraging to know that somebody is walking through something you're walking through and now walks in victory. And so she's been able to do that. She has a unique way of praying for people who are in those places in their lives, and she's done that a number of times. But our encouragement to you is this. Our encouragement to you is find those key verses in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, and 5. Uh, those, are, those are key passages, three important verses. Uh, remember Ephesians 5, 18 and following, which talked about the spiritual warfare, the armor of God, and uh, taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is a key phrase there. Knowing what you battle, whether it's depression or discouragement or worthlessness or a poor sense of identity or condemnation, uh, bitterness or unforgiveness, whatever it is, anger, then find a way to put the verses that address that from the Bible in your mind to be upfront and personal and ready to go to whenever you face that battle. If you don't do that, then you're at the mercy of the echo chambers of your own mind. And it's really important that you are able to do that. It was during the season of time that Kim and I uh, battled depression. I always say Kim and I because it, it wasn't necessarily me that battled depression. She battled it, but we battled it together. So it was during that season of time that God birthed in my heart the idea for a teaching series called The Prospering Soul. It's the subject of another podcast, but it does deal with what I'm talking about here. Taking thoughts captive, being able to deal with the way you feel by redirecting those thoughts and thinking on truth instead of lies that we have begun to believe. In the end, Elijah, who said to God, it's enough, take my life, uh, was revitalized. He was revived by God saying, look, I see where you are. I know what's going on, but I have another job for you. I want you to get up. And I want you to continue your prophetic ministry with this next step and with that next step. If you read all of Elijah's life, you learn this. You learn the thing that he feared the most never took place. He feared death, a gruesome death at the hand of Jezebel. But he never died. I mean, literally, you heard it right. Elijah never died. He was caught up into heaven in a whirlwind. And chariots of fire attended that whole thing. Uh, we see him on the Mount of Transfiguration later, and apocalyptic literature, the book of Revelation, puts him uh, in the streets of Jerusalem uh, during the tribulation period. I mean, this is an amazing man that God rescued from the greatest thing he feared. But it's also important to know that everything Elijah was worried about in terms of his performance 
was taken care of by those he anointed to come after him. Part of the job of a prophet is to anoint the next king and anoint the next prophet. And as he got up and did his job, those who followed him took care of all the important things that he was so worried about. Now, I look at the life of Elijah, and this chapter, God's not done with you, and I am just thrilled that there is a real example of someone who has walked through it, like some of you are walking through it, like we've walked through it, and in the end, see that God is absolutely victorious. God's not done with you, no matter how dark it seems. God's not done with you, even if you're saying things like, it's enough, Lord, take my life. God's not done with you. Turn your eyes towards him. Begin to trust him. And begin to ask him to give you the truth that you need to dwell on, to keep your mind fixed on things that are that are true, that are light and not dark. My prayer is that God will use this little testimony, and God's not done with you, the book, uh, to encourage you in your faith life. Thanks for tuning in to God's Not Done With You podcast. I hope you stay with us for the next session. <music>